is chilling. What more can I say? Top billing. What up, y'all? This your boy Bill Bellamy. Welcome to Top Billing, the number one podcast in the nation for the culture, the movement, and the discussion. My special guest today is none other than Chris Spencer. Actor, comedian, producer, director. I, I, I might want to add. I don't know why you stop. Uh, I know. Just keep going. Comedian. This guy. Philanthropist. Philanthropist. Dad. Uh, husband. Husband. One of my best friends in the game. Twenty-five years and running. At least. Right? I can't wait to get into your life story, man. Uh, strong representative here from Inglewood, California. What up? West Side, baby! Uh, West Side is represented here, but it wasn't represented on the Grammys. I know, I don't understand. The hip-hop, uh, 50 years of hip-hop, and the only person they showed was... Too short. It was too short. Yeah. We have a lot of contributors on the West Coast. You being a true mm -hmm. Californian, yes. you felt some type of way when you watched Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, I mean... Like, who I else... Who, well, we can't. Well, we we can't go less than five if we go West Coast because you got to do Q, right? You got to do Snoop. Yep. You got to do Dre. Yep. You got to do. You kind of got to give Game some love. You got to go Game because Game they, they miss Game on the Super Bowl. Yes. And then you got to go Kendrick. But Kendrick YG. I mean, there's a lot. Uh, uh, there's a lot of people, man. I just it was just kind of it was disappointing, especially. Being from here and knowing that even Dr. Dre, although he got that Lifetime Achievement Award or the Icon Award, he could have came up there and, and did whistled something. Still Dre or something. Still Dre, the chronic something. But so, if it's 50 years of hip hop, I think they should have 50 artists. I don't think, I think they should do 50 artists, but it can't be on the Grammys. You know what no, I mean? We, not, they, it has to be some type of thing where we do a tribute is 50 of the most prolific artists. That would be, and it's still going to be hard. Right. It's like doing your top. Your top five rappers. Basketball. Or, or basketball, yeah. It's tough. Who's your top five rappers? My top five rappers ever, Biggie, mm -hmm. Tupac, mm -hmm. Jay-Z, Eminem, and uh, I'm going to round it out with uh, Big Daddy Kane. Right. See, that was very East Coast for you. Yeah, it's very and East see, East. What so about yours? It's, I got Snoop and Ice Cube in there. Bam. I got Biggie. Boom. <sighs> Rakim? Got to. You're not gonna lose with any going with no. Those. You can't. You can go Jay Z. You can go Nas. Yeah, yeah. You're not gonna lose. Right. With you can go Kid legend. Frost. I mean, there's so many people. Like, this is this is an interesting thing about Kid Frost should have got a laugh. Our, our our friendship, right? Mm -hmm. I was starting out doing stand up on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. You out here on the West Coast going right. for it. Right. We had no internet, no no ways of knowing each other. Right. Uh, Def Comedy Jam came out of nowhere and mm -hmm. brought so many comedians from different places together. Yep, absolutely. Were you a part of that first wave? No, I was not. I was in the mainstream rooms. Mm -hmm. I was, I would have, I would visually, I would occasionally visit, visit, I would occasionally visit the hood. I would go down where Robin Harris was at the Comedy Act Theater, okay. have two good shows, bomb, don't come back for three months. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, these niggas don't like they, me. These niggas do not so like me. So when Def Jam came out, I was like, I'm not ready to do Def Jam. I went to the Oakland Bay Area comedy competition mm -hmm. and took an L. I'm like, the blacks aren't ready for me yet. Right. And so I watched you guys. I watched you, Chris, Bernie, everybody come up. And I was like, there wasn't like, oh, I should be there because I knew I wasn't ready yet. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh, and then I slowly, by the time they came, second season I would have probably been ready. But I kind of just was just, I was doing, I still was doing a lot of different rooms across yeah, the country. Yeah, but here's, here's the funny thing about our connection, right? Right. And it's weird how I met you because I vividly remember 
feeling like you came out of nowhere to me. Right. Because I wasn't seeing you in the rooms that I right. was going in. Right. But then when I came to California, I saw you everywhere. Right. And um, and my first introduction to, introduction to you was twofold. There was a show, mm-hmm. uh, a TV show, which we were both in the running for. And you got it. It was for Vibe Magazine. Right. And that was the first time that I met you. It, right. And Keith Klinkscale. Yes. Uh, who loved you. Who loved me and yes. brought me in and wanted me to do this show. And I was already doing a pilot for my own show. Right. So I couldn't do it. I thank but you I, for that. Thank you. Right. Right. Yes. Great opportunity. Absolutely. So at that time, what, what was going on in Chris Spencer's life? Chris Spencer actually was asked by uh, by Jamie Massad at the Laugh Factory to come meet Quincy Jones to do on this show called Vibe. And I was like, ha talk show host I'm an actor right <laughs> I don't host right and so I was I kept saying no 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 and he said Jamie was like please buddy just come meet the man come meet him I was like all right fuck it I'll go meet him I, I said but I don't want to meet him because he's gonna talk me into it because he you know he had just discovered Will Oprah Whoopi so I go in there his back is turned to me I go, uh, Mr. Jones, Chris Spencer is here. He turns around, he looks at me, he goes, so, you the motherfucker that don't want to meet me. I was like, huh? <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. And then we talked about the history of comedy and his love for comedy. He said, just come through this audition process. And it was like four or five of us, and I got the job. And you, and you got the job. Mm-hmm. And now, from that moment on, uh-huh. you and I share so many, many stories. Oh, my God. Yes. I will never forget playing basketball <laughs> with you at the MTV. Rock and Jock. Rock and Jock when Coolio took a bath from Buster Rose. Oh, my, why no. would he go on after? <laughs> Here's what's so funny. When I when I hear Buster, I think of Rock and Jock. <laughs> Every time, even, even at the Grammys, when you really want to rock with me, just to see me. I think a rock and No jock. one could follow. This is a true story, everybody. Coolio. Coolio had the- Rest in peace. Rest in peace to Coolio. He had the number one song yeah. in the country. Gangster's Paradise. Gangster's Paradise. But it at can't the, follow. At the same time, Buster Rhymes had Put Your Hands Where Your Eyes Can See. Shit. And that song was like- It was an anthem. It was an anthem. Right. And Coolio was a fucking melody. What what was was it? It was cute. It was cute. It was cute. It was cute. But it was big because it was very mainstream. It was mainstream. It was MTV friendly. Right. Uh, uh, was that fantastic? It was a fantastic voyage. Yeah, and he had fantastic voyage. But it was called something voyage. So he had, if you understand, he had Gangsta's Paradise. Right. He had fantastic voyage. Right. And he had one more song, and they were all big. They big. All big. But they were very fucking mainstream, and they broke the color barrier so that the whites could rap. Right. And so. So the raps, the whites could crip walk. Right. And so. <laughs> <laughs> I can dance to so this. So out of nowhere, here comes Buster Rhymes, <laughs> and he bodies Coolio. It was just, it was bad. People were walking out of the, uh, we was at uh, Pauly Pavilion. We were right. Pauly Pavilion. Pauly Pavilion. Here's what's crazy. I sound like you. This is bananas. Listen, right. we, what we know as comedians is like, yo, who's on the show? I know I'm the bigger name. Mm-hmm. That motherfucker, we are in Mississippi. This is his shit. We know to let him close. Correct. Coolio should have known, okay, my song is number one, but his shit is fire. Let him close. You gotta, you gotta know when. You gotta know when to fold him. No, you know what I mean? but sometimes ego get in the way. Ego and your, and the record gets labels. in the way. Yes. So I, I have a question for you. Okay. How do, how do you be a guy like? Let's just go back. 
How how are you able to navigate through? You didn't do the Def Comedy Jam thing. You still, you grinded in the mainstream rooms and you Mm -hmm. came back to us and then you went back and Mm -hmm. you've been able to do that. And then you start writing. Right, and then you started writing good shit, right. and you, you you know you 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 created a show, Real Husbands House, a Real Hollywood Husbands on B. Real Husbands of Hollywood. Real, you created Real Husbands of Hollywood, mm-hmm. and it started out like a skit, and it became a real show. Right. I watched all this shit. Thank I'm you, so man. proud of you, bro. Thank you, and I'm man. like, yo, Chris is not taking no motherfucking days off on this shit, right? Can't. People could say what they want, but you ain't taking no days off. We got kids in private school. Yeah, bro. let's go. So you create a show. Mm-hmm. You you. Teach up with your boy Kevin Hart. Yeah. You guys, you guys make a hit. Yeah. How did that happen? Well, we had uh, we were doing the uh, I think it was 09, uh, 2010 BET Awards, and Jesse Collins and and uh, Stephen Hill were like, we need something different to fill in the time. And as opposed to Kevin going out there doing some stand up, we both realized that our wives watch these fucking shows that we can't stand. We're like, turn it off. Wait, wait. What did Nene say? And so we found ourselves. <laughs> enamored with this show and right. uh, we were like yo what if we did it with some guys and basically that first sketch which was on BET yeah. was Anthony Anderson Jermaine Dupree Nick Boris Nelly uh and Kevin we and and uh, and Tammy uh Tammy Anderson Green whatever her new last name is uh you know Candy's yeah, yeah Tammy. Tammy Tammy was was the first sketch and it we called it a people, sketch and you made it a show of, that never happens what happened was it came out and people petitioned, and this was back in I think MySpace days, and like, yo, we this shit's got to be a fucking TV show. And I said, Stephen Hill, are you reading all this? These emails? He's like, yeah, 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 we're here, but we don't know. And then the next year we did the sketch again with Sam Jackson, Kevin Faison, and Fabulous. <laughs> what a collection! What a collection! And people, and it was undeniable. And then we did five seasons on BET, and then we did a sixth season on BET Plus. And it's it's been uh, the gift that keeps on giving. I Absolutely, mean, man, yeah. and, and it solidify you as a showrunner, mm-hmm. executive producer, and a writer. Mm-hmm. And then, out of nowhere, here comes a movie. I just realized that my whole life has been out of nowhere. The hosting came out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. The series came out of nowhere, and then this directing thing came out of nowhere. We so my partner Eric Daniel and I. Mm-hmm. Jeru Tillman, who I used to do Tripping on Tuesdays with, yes, he he, he, he knew about the script. He says, yo, I got a guy that might finance it. Right. And that's Eli Samaha, who owns the theater and owns Yamashiro's and Half a Sunset. And so we pitched it to him, and he loved it. And then it went away. And then this young guy, a brother named Gino Taylor, uh, met Eli and was like, I want to do some of your projects. What are, what are they? And they gave him a slate. And he goes, this is the first one I want to do, which was... Uh, back on the strip. And so they were like, who's going to direct it? And my partner, Eric, was like, Chris. I was like, <laughs> what? That's how it happened. He That's- says, nobody knows. You know all the people. You're, you're uh, Everybody's comfortable around you. You're kind of the go-to. You're the uncle, the godfather, the OG, whatever they call you. You should direct this. And I had never directed a feature before. I know. I had done a video, some commercials, three pornos, but they didn't air. They didn't air. They never made it. <laughs> now, here's, here's the thing that's interesting. I want everybody to know the story. We we did a film together that will be out very, very April soon. April 21st. We have a date now. April 21st, yes. back on the strip. It has the best comedians in the game yeah. in one movie. Insane. You have J.B. Smooth, mm-hmm. Gary Owen, yeah. on Love. Mm-hmm. You have Kevin Hart, yeah. Bill Bellamy, Tiffany Haddish, Wesley Snipes, directed by Chris Spencer. 
we are ready to rock and roll. And I want to tell everybody how I got to be a part of yes, it. Yes, right? tell them, please. Because during COVID, we had a chat. Right. And we, you know, we having man, we doing man jokes yes. on chat. Yes. We send each other videos, doing all this. And then one of the chats, you said, B, you got to read this role for face. You face. You are face. I don't want to hear about it. Just read it. And you call me back. You was not playing. You was like, you read it tonight and call me in the morning. I'm not playing with you. <laughs> I felt like I felt like I had homework. I was like, oh, shit. He going to call me, too. Sure enough, 10 o'clock next minute, you call me. What you think? I was like, I'm doing it. You was like, I knew it. And that's how I got into this it. This was great that you actually fucking read it as soon as I said. Most people read it. Yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. No. You actually no, read it. No, because I knew, I, knew, I knew it was something that meant something to you. And the fact that you wanted... You call me again. I said I'm not gonna mess this up. I'm going. I'm going to. I am going to sit down. I'm going to shut off the TV, the mm-hmm. phones, and everything. And when I read it, I saw all the dysfunction. Yes. I saw the family. Yeah. I saw the story, and I saw all the comedy. So I was. I was excited. Right, because it's a. It's a great story. Mm-hmm. What a, did it tell the tell people the story of the movie? So there's a young guy named uh, his name is Merlin, right? Mm-hmm. And he wants to be a magician. And he's a horrible magician, and he decides to, uh, after losing his girl, he decides to move to Vegas. He's looking for magic work. He can't get any magic work. He does this uh, karaoke show where he's like, I'm not going to do karaoke. I'm going to show these guys my magic. So he does the magic, and, he, and the magic, he does this trick he can't, he can't conquer, and he burns off his clothes, and he's got a... A thing. Yeah, yeah, he's got uh, something he's got, for the he's ladies. Got a, he's got a strap. They think Pete got to meet uh, uh, yeah. Merlin. He's got, got a the, strap. He's got a strap. And you, so you don't remember the original title was going to be? What was it? Uh, it was My Magic Johnson. My Magic Johnson. Yes. Because <laughs> it was like a spoof on Magic Mike, but it wasn't really a spoof. But, but My Magic Johnson. Yeah. But I called Magic. He's like, nah, nah, nah we nah, ain't going to do that. that. We ain't doing that. Right. But we'll support. Me and Cookie will support, but we ain't doing that. Right. So, boom, back on the strip which is a play on two words. A, they're on the strip doing stripping. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And so I don't want to give everybody the story, but this this brotherhood uh, and this family that forms from when he comes to Vegas and you guys taking him under your wing because you guys, you know, are retired for like 20 years. Yeah. So now you're getting back together with him and then the brouhaha and the fun. And, and the comedy. And, and there's and a great little love story. Wait, you yeah, see? man. It, it's it just a really in. wonderful it's, movie it's that cute. you guys will enjoy. And and Chris, what what's what's next that you want to do? I mean, you obviously now you know you can direct, right. and you have a good you have a filmmaker's eye. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing that I love about you mm-hmm. that helps us as comedians because you are a comedian, right. you know funny, I know, and funny. you can you can bring out the best in everybody. Right. That's an that's an asset so, for you. Uh, what I've been fortunate enough to you know I write for all the award shows, right? Abs- can you please tell them? Okay, so get your flowers. So on. let me explain to everybody how these award shows work. So let's say they hire Bill Bellamy to host the MTV Awards. Mm-hmm. They're gonna give him some writers to write the show, and then Bill is gonna call upon his people, absolutely, me, Delay, Buddy Lewis, whoever, to write for him because we know his voice, we know his sensibilities, we know what he thinks is funny and what he thinks is not funny. So I always become that guy for Mike Epps, Kevin Hart, Jamie Fox. Leslie Jones, Wanda Sykes, Tiffany Haddish, Anthony Anderson, Tracy Ellis Ross, so Taraji, Regina Hall. So they know I know their sensibilities and they trust me. Right. They know, and I'm not afraid to tell the powers that be that Bill Bellamy ain't doing that shit, so let's figure out something else. Right. You know what I mean? There's a lot of other head writers that are like, 
oh, they just try the joke for them. I'm like, fuck that. Bill don't talk like that. Bill ain't going to do it. All right. Exactly. Bill is going to walk. I'm that guy. You right. know what I mean? So I think a lot of the comedians respect me for that, as well as the powers that be that go, yo, and, I understand why And that's essential for us. You know? Absolutely. You know, for I'm going to fight for us. For every, for every comedian that you see in front, there's somebody behind helping. Yes. There's somebody assisting that success. Absolutely. And I want to give you your, your, your flowers right. as a writer. But I feel like you definitely have it. You have the talent. Right. You have the vision. Mm -hmm. I just want you to keep building on it. Yeah, so my next thing is I don't care about, I mean, all that stuff is great. Okay. But our foundation mm -hmm. is stand-up comedy, right? Correct. So my next thing is my special, which I'm going to shoot in March uh, March 23rd here in downtown LA. The Cicada Theater is beautiful. And because if we were in high school and we walked into the cafeteria, I'm not going to go sit with Shonda Rhimes and Kenya Barris. I'm not going to go sit over here with uh, Viola Davis and Anthony Anderson. I'm going to go sit over here with the clowns. Yeah, it's so. me, you, <laughs> Lavelle, Tony Roberts, Tiffany, you know what yeah. I mean? That, uh, this, that's your crew. That's my ilk. Yeah, that's your peoples. My my tombstone can't read. He used to punch up a gang of shit. No. <laughs> I am a comedian. And so yeah. when I used to be on the road, you know, I would get road gigs, but I wouldn't be in the clubs and the theaters like you guys. I'd go do a specialty gig like, you know, the uh, the, the, the the black alderman in Detroit's birthday party. Right, you know right, what right, I mean? Right, right, right. And, or, you know, I'm hosting Culture Shift Weekend in San Francisco for all the black people who work in tech. But I wasn't really in the clubs like you guys. And if I was in the clubs, I wasn't hitting the, the I wasn't at the uptown. I wasn't hitting the black clubs. And so I would envy when I would see you guys in the airport. And you guys, you know, some of you guys would envy what I was doing. I was like, no, but I am a comedian. Fuck that I hosted, you know, right. Marion Barry's granddaughter's yeah, birthday but people, party. Yeah, but people don't understand how much the love we have for stand-up, right? Stand-up. It is so much fun. And it's, an, it's really a passion that's like a blessing and a curse. Because, like, literally this morning, I got up writing jokes at 5.30 in the morning. Absolutely. Because, like, I just had an idea. And I was like, before I go back to sleep, let me write it out while it's quiet. Here's what's so funny. I, I used to feel guilty waking up at 3 in the morning and typing. I'm like, my wife's going to think I got somebody on the side. Right. Right. <laughs> so... I'd be typing, and I'm, I'm like almost sneaking, like I'm cheating, like I don't want her to see the lights. So, well, what are you right. doing? I'm like, there's some funny shit about refrigerators. I was right. just, I just thought of, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so, let me tell you how much comedies, comics love comics. I don't give a fuck who you are. Are we allowed to cuss on the show? Yes, by you way? are. Yes, okay, good. If you see Jerry Seinfeld walking, and you say, "Yo, Jerry, what's up? It's Chris. Why, like, Chris? Yeah, I work at the Laugh Factory." Blah blah. He will sit there and have a conversation with you if he's not in a, in a rush Absolutely. about stand-up. We love each other. We know what everybody's going through. Before, listen to the story. And I love watching your stories because me and you have so many Hollywood stories. Yeah. Like, a lot of people have comedy stories, but me and you, since we've touched Hollywood, Inglewood, and Brentwood, you know what I mean? We like, know a lot of people. We have a lot of stories. So, I'm doing Caroline's, right? Mm. I'm doing an 8 o'clock show. No, I'm doing a 10 o'clock show. Jeff Garland's doing an 8 o'clock show. Jeff Garland brings in Robin Williams. Oh, my God. This motherfucker did a coolio, right? <laughs> he put Robin on first. Oh, it's over. Robin Williams was so fucking funny that the, the, the pictures of the dead comedians on the wall were laughing. <laughs> Tears were coming out of Richard Pryor's eye, and Sam Kinison was fucking wiping his forehead. Yo, he was murdering. And Jeff Garland had to go be Coolio after that, right? So yeah. he's, in, 
No disrespect, Jeff. Jeff, we love you, but you know that was you shouldn't sound gangsters paradise after fucking this motherfucker just did. Put your when hands I, where my eyes I, can see. But we the thing about about us, right? It, Wait, it, hold on. I'm not even finished with oh, the story. Oh, shit, go. I'm talking about the love for comedy. So Robin Williams comes in the back. There must have been a Pied Piper or the fucking New York comedy uh, flautist who went, and there's comics coming in like roaches, and Robin is holding court. And we're listening to Robin like a fucking little kid. Like, wow. And he's loving it because he hasn't done this in forever. He's loved telling stories. He's listening to him. This guy's an open micer. This guy's just came from Canada. This guy's a Russian comedian. And he's like, oh, really? Oh, I've been to Russia once, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, I remember the first time I did open mic. He's acting like us. Wow. Here's the fucking crazy shit. So I said, Robin, how come you don't do the comedy store anymore? He goes, oh, wow, about 20 years ago, I was, I drove up into the comedy store, and these two black guys came up to me and said, Robin Williams, what the fuck you doing here? I was like, what? They were like, what the fuck you doing here? And I was like, I'm, I'm performing in the, in the main room. And they were like, get the fuck out of here. And, and so I left. I said, Robin, that was slang. <laughs> he goes, he goes, what do, you, what do you mean? When they saw Robin Williams, yes. fucking Mork from Ork, uh, walk in, 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 in person, in they person, were fucking. They were like, get the fuck out of here. I said, you see Donnie Brasco? That's how they talk, fucking Italians talk like that. He was like, oh. I said, and then when, I, I don't know, like, and then when you said, uh, no, I said, they said, get the fuck out of here. And he stopped going on stage. Whatever the fuck I said. He was like, oh, oh, Monday. <laughs> No, Tuesday's newspaper read, Robin Williams returns to the comedy store after 25 years. Are you serious? I was Forrest Gump in that situation. Ah, yes! I was responsible for Robin Williams coming back. It, but here, here's the thing, man. I have had so many incredible experiences at that comedy store. Sure. That place is like a gym. Yep. It's it's like a gym for basketball. Absolutely. It's like a gym for boxers. Mm -hmm. You go to that comedy store, you never know who you're going mm -hmm. to see. Absolutely. Who was one of the most prolific comedians you saw performing there and you didn't expect to one night? Just happen to go to the comedy store. Richard Pryor. Ah! But it wasn't the Richard we grew up to. Was he was he sick? He was in the chair, yeah. and I, I couldn't watch. It was. Too I was like, you know what? I'm not. I'm, I'm gonna keep the memories that I. I watched a little bit. Was it the night that was it the night that uh, Eddie Murphy was there and Arsenio hosted? Yeah, I performed that night. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you, you and, were, and you were you, you were Busta Rhymes. <laughs> I was Busta Rhymes because I remember. I wish somebody would have filmed that. I know. So, so that night. I went up there thinking that I was just going to, because Shaq had called me and was like, yo, man, yo, come through tonight. There's supposed to be something going on. Yeah, I said he was going to be. He didn't tell me Richard Pryor was performing. So I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. I get there. I see Arsenio. I'm like, yo, what's going on? Then I saw Eddie. And then Arsenio said, won't you come do some minutes? And I was like, what? It's like, oh, snap. So I actually went on right before Richard Pryor. I remember. That's what I'm calling. It, it, you it, made him Coolio. <laughs> <laughs> Asshole. I didn't mean to. I mean, no, you got, we got to do what we got to do. Right, no, sure but, but, but the thing was, I had never met Richard Pryor. Right. And I was so honored. And I can't believe I never asked you, were you there? Because that's one of the most oh, um, yeah. unbelievable moments in my life that Absolutely. I remember. Like, I, I've always wanted to meet Richard Pryor. Absolutely. I never met Red Fox. I know. I never met Red Fox. I never Fox. met him either. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I never met Della Reese. Flip you Wilson. You know, there's Flip Wilson. Like, these guys were, like, Icons. instrumental in my life. Like, right. Richard Pryor 
is in me. Absolutely. Like all of us have the all of us have the same stories. Yeah. Sneaking and listening to the records and the tapes. Oh yeah. He who who if you could um right now, if you could pick three of your favorite comedians that you feel influenced your life and made you Chris Spencer. I know one is Richard Pryor. Who are the other two? Damon Wayans. Oh yes, God. I, I thought I was Damon. I thought I was a Wayans. You thought you was <laughs> Listen, I, I used to walk around with my eyes tight. Because I used to be with them all the time. I, Thanksgiving, Christmas, I was I was a Wayans. Until one night, uh, me, Sean, and Damon were at the improv, and we came out, and we were in the car, and they were whispering. And I was in the back seat trying to listen, and they were like, Chris, can you step out for a minute? We're just talking about some family shit. I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm not... You got cut. You got cut right there. I am Chris Spencer, not Chris Wayans. Yeah. And that's when I realized, oh, shit, I need to open my eyes and realize who, I, who the fuck I am. And, now, this is also an interesting thing about your career, too, is, like, you have been, you have been such a, like, amazing husband and, and father to your family. And still, balance, mm -hmm. I, I know it's hard for me. Yes. You know, we we're, what we do, what we do. You know, I haven't added director to my thing. Right. I haven't added, like, writing a show, but I've done a bunch of stand-up and produced right. a bunch of stuff. Right. How how do you make the shift from... Well, listen, remember, who was the executive producer on the movie? My wife. Your wife. So she gangstered her, her way in that. Uh, right. <laughs> but here's what's funny. Pre-pandemic, right, she had been begging me, we need to work together. We, we need to work together. I'm like, I'm, ch I'm separating church and state, right? I don't want to work with you. Right. I argue with you about dog food and kids. I don't need to talk about fucking takes and jokes. You know right. that? Exactly. And so we created Date Night with Chris and Vanessa, right? You, you, and you and your wife did it. And I was like, oh, my God, I love and like you, right? right. <laughs> she was her own separate person. She wasn't trying to be funny. We were, we were opposites in terms of what a, a, the host's roles should be, mm -hmm. but we worked perfectly together, just like our marriage. Absolutely. And I was like, oh, my God, we could do this. And so what uh, both of us, I think why it works, A, we're gone enough to miss a motherfucker. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> like when we come home, we really want to be with these people. Yeah, yes. What y'all doing? What y'all do on Saturdays? Let's what y'all let's, let's go. Do yeah. And they appreciate that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so we miss each other and we know what's out there. We nigga, we ain't like the average comedian. We was cute in high school. Right, 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 right. Right? We was fucking in high school. Okay, so a lot of these people get lost because they're unattractive and now they got new teeth and now they end up <laughs> fucking up their marriage. <laughs> they new some, teeth is new the number one killer of marriages of comedians. Right, as soon as you get some teeth, you think you can get them. Oh yeah. Oh that's my that's god. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. Um as far as stand-up, and I always want to ask my comedians because people ask me this all the time because mm -hmm. cancel cultures is so subjective. Right. And um, a lot of comedians is like, I'm not I'm not subduing to it. I'm, right. I really want to be me and, right. and keep my voice. Do you find it a little weird? I'm subduing to it, okay? I am going with, I mean, listen, we still have to keep our edge. I just saw your special. Yeah. It ain't like you weren't fucking Bill Bellamy. But there's some shit you did in 92 that you don't do in you can't 2022. Do right yeah, you can't. And now it's 2023. So you have to be respectful. Like, you know, we used to, we used to say the F Any word. and everything. The F word and, and and that word you don't do no more and we understand just like I'm just, and and it's so funny like we get a pass but like some of the white guys who have said some edgy shit back in the day and then now their shit comes up and they go you know I was 
I, I, that's how we talked around my, my friends, and I don't, I've don't. i learned from that. Like, we don't really give them a pass. It's like, no, nah, motherfucker, you, you're racist. You know what I mean? <laughs> and everybody grows. You know what I mean? Everybody right. fucking grows. Even if they were racist at one time, I think you have the ability to not be racist no more. Just because, just like, and, and here's what's funny about us. Like, not that we were homophobic, but that F word was a word we used. Yeah, was- And we didn't even say it to gay people. We said it to each other. You miss a layup. Look at this. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? And but we know not to use it no more. Absolutely. Look at Eddie's special. He says the word heavy D in his rap song said the word. You can't, you have to, you have to adhere to wherever the culture is growing. I like that. Just like you ain't got no more beeper. No, it's done. You got a cell phone. Yeah, you got a cell yes. phone. Okay. With apps. You move, and, and now you got now you got apps. Yeah. So when you um when you think about your stand-up, right? You're working on your next I'm, special. I'm the, I'm the best. You, you are the best. And uh, how are you, what do you want to state? I feel like you still need to make that statement. Absolutely, yeah. I feel like, you know, you need your Chris Rock. I remember Chris Rock's first special that was at the Apollo. That was the benchmark for me. Like that, that Chris. That was the second one. Man, remember the first one, the first one they thought he wasn't black enough. And then he came back with bigger and blacker and did it in the blackest city, Harlem, yeah. at the blackest theater po- possible, Chris the Rock, Apollo. Chris Rock, shout out to you. You you motivated me with that special. That, that thing that thing is a, a monster. Monster. It's it's in the Smithsonian. Yeah. Who's who's your top five comedians? My top five? Yeah. My peers? Your peers. My peers. Chris Rock, mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. Kev, mm-hmm. Jamie, Cat. Mm-hmm. Fucking damn near mirrors mine. Yeah, it's it's like I mean I could maybe flip one or two, but right. these guys, I just feel like they all right. have. And I, if I could throw Martin in there too, but it's just like you know these guys have done what it what it is to be a comedian first, right. and they just grew from there. Like right. they really right. they're cemented in the story Absolutely. of comedian. Yes, DL, you gonna add DL? DL interchangeable. Said, Cedric interchangeable. Yeah. Steve. Steve. Steve did a whole hour clean. Like, okay, I'm not normally clean. I'm gonna do an hour clean and and murdered it. Well, like, when you when you have the gift, it it, it it's, it don't it's matter. Not, it don't matter. The bad words are extra. Yeah, they just they just dressing. Exactly. Yeah. So we ha- and it's, it's it's unfair to actually have a top five with us. I mean, we can have our favorites, and sometimes it can shift from year to year. You know what I mean? But there's so many great funny people. You know what I mean? Even people like Scruncho. Oh, I love Scruncho. Jesus, he's an incredible story. T.K. Kirkland. I don't know if you're allowed to say their names in the same yes, sentence. Yes, you can. But T.K. Kirkland <laughs> is fucking Hilarious. a genius. Corey Holcomb. Holcomb. Tony oh, my, Roberts. Tony Roberts. Oh, my God. My little bro, D-Lay. Lavelle Crawford. Sidney Castillo. What? Sidney is a problem. Sidney Castillo. James I don't Davis. know. I don't know what they waiting on. Tony Baker. Tony Baker. There's a lot of there's, there's a, lot, a of, lot of guys out here that are like right. they're like one thing. One, 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 thing. one more thing. Zainab Johnson, have you ever watched her? Oh, yeah. She's brilliant. Ambria Allen. Ambria. Jackie uh, Fabulous and found her little footing. What? Yeah, she's murdering. I haven't seen Jackie in a minute. Oh, yeah. I love oh, she's Jackie. She's so funny. She was on Who's Got Jokes as I well. I know she was. See, yes. the thing that I love about Chris is that you're a comedian's comedian. And by that I mean like you root for everybody. Mm-hmm. You 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 charge for yourself mm-hmm. and you and, and you're like you love our fraternity. I love our fraternity. Like it's so cool to cuz it's very few people that I feel I mean we all have a competitive spirit. Sure. You know, we want to be the funniest that night. Yes. We want to have a great set. Right. But I'm saying like you genuinely want everybody to win. We should win. And you've always been like that. We should win. I mean, why are we competing against each other? Like 
I want to go see Bill Bellamy movies. I want to go see Kevin Hart movies. I want to go see, you know, you know, Tiffany Haddish movies. I want us all to win. And then I want us to uplift the next generation. Right, and do things together. Like, I don't know why there aren't more collaborations because like like we do. these dudes didn't get pussy in high school. Okay, that's yeah, what happened. Because pussy, pussy really is the It's the, the key. It's the right. key. Because if, you, if you're in the movie with me, and I didn't used to get pussy in high school, then you might take the pussy that I got now, now that I got my new teeth. Right. <laughs> But if you've been fucking forever, it's like, yeah, anybody come can come. Come What is it? Denzel, come on, get in the movie. Hey, on the on the show, <laughs> this is a portion of our show we call All Facts. We ask you we ask you a question and you mm-hmm. can't you gotta tell the truth. Okay. You gotta tell the truth. Okay. Uh-oh. All right, everybody. All facts with Chris Spencer. Chris Spencer, Uh-oh. you get an opportunity to be on the show in headline with your greatest comedians. Mm. Mm. Alive mm. or dead? It doesn't matter, but you have to close and you have to do well. Who would you put so in front I, of you? I can't put. I can't be Coolio in this scenario. <laughs> Shit. And listen, uh, folks out there who still gangbang with Coolio, I, I I love Coolio. We were friends. We we're actually going to do a project together. Right. Matter of fact, let me shout out Coolio real quick. The first script that I've ever written in my life was because of Coolio. Me and Daryl Heath wrote this movie called A Lot of Lemons about this used car lot, and it was supposed to star Coolio. No way. Paul Stewart brought us in. He was managing and working with Coolio. My first time typing. So shouts out to Coolio. Rest in peace. Okay. Now. All facts. All facts. I got to close. You got to close. You got to follow the people you putting on the show. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> you said, I'll follow anybody in LA. Right? <laughs> so I want Eddie. You going to put Eddie... Eddie Murphy? Eddie Murphy. Oh, you trying to work tonight. Yeah, I'm okay. going to make him host. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I'm going to put my, this is my. This your, these my, your this, guys. This is my Mount Rushmore. Your Mount Rushmore, go. You ready? Go. It's Richard. Richard. Damon. Damon. Tiffany. Tiffany Haddish. Daryl Heath. People sleep on Daryl Heath. Daryl Heath is a problem. I'm going to do a documentary called Where the Fuck is Daryl Heath? Daryl, wherever you are, bro, come back. And we talk all the time. We did a show not too long ago. Oh, my God. He is brilliant, bro. Yeah, Darryl He Heath. is brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. You, you luck you didn't put Tony Roberts on there. I'm not fucking following Tony Roberts. Tony- <laughs> I wouldn't follow Tony Roberts at my family reunion. <laughs> Yo, Tony Roberts is a hurricane. You, you know, you know, we're, you know we're, we're doing the Humor Mill Awards. Are you really? Yes. February 22nd, right here at the Director's Guild. Uh, I'm hosting. Tony Roberts is co-hosting. Uh, Johan is on the That's show. That's going to be yeah. good. That's yeah, great giving energy. Awards. Uh, Ralph Farquhar is going to get Icon of the Year. George Wallace is going to get... Uh, uh, Legend something. Yes, yeah, legendary, something crazy. Yes. Um, okay, one more. One more. Yeah. One more. Okay. All right. Not your next movie, following you, get, you, get, you get the best. You get as much money you want to make your next film. Mm-hmm. As a director, but mm-hmm. you, I want you to be in this one as well. Okay. What is your cast? Give me your favorite people you want to put in the next film. Okay. I would love to do some sort of a heist. Okay, cool. Our version of Ocean's Eleven. Boom. Right, with us. Okay. We all rob Nick's check cashing. No. <laughs> uh, um, and Nick is there. And I would like it to be a, a combination of all my funny friends. You okay. know, I got I got it. Listen, I'm, I'm like Scorsese. Right. So y'all four are following me everywhere I go. JB, Gary, uh, Faison, and Bill. That's easy. That's it. At- Tiffany's coming. Yes. Uh, Kim Whitley's coming. Oh. 
right? Lunel. We got to throw Lunel oh, in Lunel there. Oh, Lunel is coming. Lunel, she a scene stealer. Lunel Jesus. will say something funny. You know she going to kill it. Um, you know I've been doing shows with that's a fucking beast? Who? Remember Caroline Ray? Yes. Oh! Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yo, Caroline Ray, I hosted uh, I hosted an event. Did I say Gary Owen? Of course Gary Owen. Oh, yeah. Uh, John Witherspoon. John Witherspoon. And legend. Uh, when I say Caroline Ray, ain't, no, ain't nothing to play with. She's nothing Listen, to play with. Listen, me and Caroline, we're in Brea Improv, one of them, and we're talking. She goes, oh, my God, I just realized. She's walking, looking at her, I go, what? She goes, I fucked my boyfriend in that bathroom right before the show. <laughs> okay, so I want some chick, teriyaki chicken wings with the, I was like, she's she's brash, raw, yeah, funny. She, she, yeah. And then she'll go home and take care of kid. So real quick, um, before you get out of here, man, I, wanted, I want every tell everybody how to follow you and also tell them about Back to the Strip. Back on the well, Strip. Back on the Strip. Yeah, so uh, you can follow me on Instagram at the real Chris Spencer. Uh, for those of you who just got out of jail, MySpace, uh, Chris Spencer. Facebook is Chris Spencer. Uh, for the older audience, Black Planet, Chris Spencer. Uh, <laughs> uh, back on the Strip. Uh, Friday, April 21st is when it comes out in Absolutely. a theater. 2,000 screens we got. Let's go. We're not fucking around with no streaming like everybody else. We're going to hit the theaters, the theaters and fucking baby. cross our fingers. Let's go. <laughs> One more time. Top billing, Chris Spencer, everybody. Make some noise. That's another amazing, another amazing episode with my special guest, actor, comedian, producer, writer, director, Chris Spencer. I'll holla. Peace. Milk is chilling. This is chilling. What more can I say?